writers, agents, and publishers, for the first time since the Gutenberg Press, find themselves lost in a maze of mystery as technology alters the shape of the publishing industry. Searching for Answers is a group of writers throwing pop culture, writing, and publishing into a crucible of clarity, passion, and humor. This group is the Right Pack. Welcome back to Right Pack Radio. This is your host, David Allen Lucas, author of Mystery Thrillers. Actually, I'm working on a new thriller, as I announced last week. I'm finally in the scene weaving. It's the pattern of lies. Yay! With me today is... Kathleen Kayembe, writer of urban fantasy and paranormal romance under the pen name Kaseka Invita. Uh, Meredith T, writer of speculative YA and new adult. Oh, uh, I'm Matthew McGraw. I'm an amateur short story writer, and I'm working on a book called Patrick the Spider with Jennifer. Uh, is there a cash prize for the short story thing? Uh, <laughs> why don't we have the next person answer? Oh. Yes, yes, there is actually a cash prize. I might be professional here. soon. There you go. <laughs> Excellent. You have high hopes. Good luck. Thank you. Uh, I'm Brad R. Cook, uh, author of Iron Horseman, which is out and uh, available in all kinds of places. So go check it out. I'm also president of St. Louis Writers Guild and do other things. Mm-hmm. I'm T.W. Finley, author of The Labyrinth of Time, which just re- released in Yay. November. Fedora Amos, president of Greater St. Louis Sisters in Crime, and I write Victorian whodunits like Jack the Ripper in St. Louis. Yes. Yay. I'm Melanie Pelaney, um, writer of sci-fi fantasy and uh, nonfiction. I'm Jennifer Stolzer. I'm a children's book author and illustrator. Dog Park's for sale on Amazon. Search, search Jennifer Stolzer and Dog Park, and I'll be at the bottom of the list under a bunch of other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but you're never on the bottom of our list. Oh, oh, rise to oh. the that's sweet. <laughs> okay. I want to do a, a special thank you to Meredith for hosting us today. Yay. Yay. Yay! Thank you, Meredith. Yes, normally we are um, recording at STL Books. Check them out online, or even better yet, come to them in person if you are in St. Louis. But they're doing the holiday sales, and we are out of their hair. So today we are doing, we're going to talk about write-ins and writing retreats, which are really technically two separate topics, but we're combining them. Writers, if, if you're new to writing, I've got some bad news for you. If, you're, if you have been in writing for a long time, you already know the sad news. We don't have vacations. <laughs> We are writing even if we are sitting on a beach and enjoying the waves coming in. It's, it's always going on in our head. But you'll have to add, Dave, that we don't want vacations because we could have them. We could have them, but we yeah. cho- either we choose them. That's a good question. Is it choice or is it our drive, our creative muse talking in our heads all the time? Are we obsessive compulsive? Well, probably I was going to say, didn't we just do that on addiction? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I'm CDO myself. <laughs> That's OCD, but the letters are in the right order. Anyway. <laughs> oh, joke. Okay, so write-ins. Yeah, I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> write-ins and, and writing retreats. First off, let's let's start off with a what we lovingly call the cabbage head. What is a write-in? And I'm going to turn to Kathleen because Right Pack Radio started with a write-in that was kept alive um, by some members of the group here, but... It actually got started with Kathleen before yeah. she had to move out of St. Louis for a little while. Yeah. Um, so writing can be lonely, and some writers, if they're like me, feel like they're not allowed to do the writing they want to do on their own time because they have other uh, expectations laid upon them. So we're having write-ins, just calling a group of friends and meeting in a place just to write where that is the goal of the day and the outing and the event was really helpful for me because it was blocking out time specifically for writing that I owed to other people. So it's, it's not just me. I have to be there. It's an obligation now to go and do this thing that I want to be doing anyway. And write-ins were also helpful for things like plotting and feeling the sense of community that I think writers need but don't often get because writing is such a solitary act. Very true. In fact, we often bounce ideas off each other. 
Which is actually one what really leads to Right Back Radio. Mm-hmm. One of the earlier write-ins at Wired Coffee, which is no longer there. Rest in peace, Wired Coffee. Amen. Yes, we loved you. They had a giant chalkboard in uh, a kind of walled-off room that we would go write in and do plotting on mm-hmm. and draw toucans on. Love you. Some great or a certain yes. person whose nickname is Castle, which is talking right now, mm-hmm. put up, created an entire murder board on that big mm-hmm. chalkboard as he was trying to figure out his story. Yeah. I, did we take pictures of the murder board? Oh, yeah. Oh, I need to find Yeah, this. I remember <laughs> the people from, from who were working there poked their heads in and were like, uh, <laughs> should we be calling the cops? Yeah. No, you're safe. The feds already know it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then what are writing retreats? Writing retreats are different. They can have write-ins, but to me, a writing retreat is a longer, a more extended writing, writing vacation kind of thing, where you go somewhere or you stay in a staycation and you dedicate your time to writing and working on a story or something in particular. Exactly. So, what we all do write-ins. What do you get out of it as a, as an author, and what do you wish? Do you ever wish that you had write-ins before you started coming to this one, or did you have them? And what are some of the downsides of a write-in? Uh, the scheduling element is what uh, I'm in with that as well. Just uh, having that block of time where, like, okay, this is set aside for that, and it's like a thing you have to show up for. It's like a thing. It's not like mm-hmm. you do just decide. Whenever you have a free second to do it, <clears throat> so the structure is good. The just having that time there is good, and that's what I really find useful about it. I go to the one every week, pretty much mm-hmm. that I can. Um, I was just gonna say that it kind of helps because if I have a grammar question or if I need help rephrasing a sentence, I can just pose it to the group, and everyone will just chime in their answers. Um, downside is it's very easy to get distracted and have conversations about things that don't have to do with writing, but. So, um, going to the write-in is always my favorite part of the week. So that crazy person at the coffee shop is is totally worth like a writing conversation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I would classify that as a writing conversation. <laughs> I would say that the one of the best upsides for write-ins is also a downside. For me, I love people. I love this group of people. I will talk to them all day, and they will wish that I would go. Um, <laughs> but that's highly distracting for me too. So, being able to balance the social aspect with the writing aspect is something that I find difficult sometimes. So, the same thing that makes the write-ins attractive is also kind of dangerous sometimes for me. I definitely agree with that. In fact, you know, I very seldom am able to make the, the Thursday night meeting, but uh, I always like it when I do. But one of the things I find is I very seldom get very much writing done because I'm so sidetracked. But it's also beneficial because I, I remember back the, the work in progress that I, I've got right now. I've been working on it for two years, and um, so about midway through I was really going, why on earth am I writing this thing? You know, you really have to love something and keep working on it after all that time because there's a lot of times when you're not writing very much and kind of um, you know muddling around when your pants are like me and and it was the group that got me back on track and, and said okay I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and finish this it's worth it worth doing so I mean you do get at the point you need it you can come to the group and get what you need mm-hmm. I think that Meredith and Teresa have a wonderful point help that's the reason I joined the group in the first place which I've told all of you I'm sure <laughs> at one time or another because I had this this idea because at the time I was friends with an unemployed illustrator and she was working on a map for me and talk, we were talking about a project beyond that. And so the only project that she seemed to like and that I thought I could do was to do a graphic novel. <laughs> Hello, I know Zip, <laughs> Zilch, nothing about graphic novels. And so I read a couple, and I still do nothing about graphic novels. And so I thought, well, these great, brilliant young people know all about it, and I'm going to go and mine their minds. Yeah, I think it's uh, the that's good. You get a lot of building connections is one of the other events. Although I agree with what everyone else has already said, but. Um, for example, this might give you a good line into uh, 
easy things like potential uh, critique partners or beta readers, but also as people are in different stages of their work, they're querying, so you can mine them for experience on how it was to critique if you're in the same um, genre, you have their experience with the very agents you might be wanting to query. I definitely have the group to thank for all of my querying success because I look, I get very overwhelmed by the process of publishing. Writing, I could write all day, but to, pub to, to move to the next step of publishing, I definitely needed a group of people who knew more than I did. And all of the agents that I've queried to, I've gotten as a recommendation from someone else. Because when I go out, you know, I used to, I, I can't say all, I did spend some time uh, mining Writer's Digest for the new agents that were appearing. But, I mean, Meredith, you sent me a name of someone to query just not all that long ago. That's true. And I queried her, and I haven't heard back yet. So <laughs> that's how it goes. That's the way it goes. But we'll a long time. We can start at the whole who queried this week and who didn't. <laughs> <laughs> who got a rejection letter. But you know what? Actually, I have legislative rejection letter part two. Um, one thing that's also mean? great about writing groups. <laughs> oh, we're sorry, Brad. It's okay. But one of the other good things about writing groups is not only everything that everyone has said is 100% accurate, but also it's a group that support each other to get out there, accomplish it, get through the publishing process. It's a group where you can also, without having put on social media, be able to vent <laughs> when things aren't going, when it's like, oh my God, why haven't they responded yet? Well, you, you still got a little more time on that. Yeah. Or when you get the rejections, or you just are down in the dumps about your writing, who, else, who better go to? Everybody knows what you're going through mm -hmm. on all levels, even if you're the amateur writer, like <laughs> Pat, Matt on the back here, which Pat, by the Pat. way, and if you've listened to previous episodes, I keep railing on him that he's not an amateur writer. As long as he's putting pen to paper, he's a professional. So, it's not technically accurate. <laughs> uh, well, well, we, we agree to disagree. Writing retreats. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Yeah, we kind of ventured away. From no, no, no. Well, that was perfect. I'm gonna. I'm now gonna just shift gears here. What do you? Does anybody here besides myself go on writing retreats? And what do you get out of? Ah, perfect. I have been to one. Mm -hmm. One writing retreat, okay. and it was with my critique partners, who at the time we were all three published only in nonfiction. No one was published in fiction, and said maybe Judy was had a short story somewhere. But none of us was published in long fiction, okay? And we're all mystery writers. Okay, so we decide to go during the week to the lake where Judy has this wonderful house. It's immense. It's three stories with two bedrooms on each floor and a living room on each floor, and then a huge screened-in porch in the back that Joanna said ought to be a a dormitory because she had all these wow. big plants. Joanne was always making big plants of one kind or another that we would hold a professional writer's retreat at this house down at the lake and it would have been a really, really good thing to do. And each of us had our own kind of beginning thing to do, that is. Judy provided the lodging and Joanna did the transportation and I bought the food. We went Boating, we went to restaurants, we had a gazebo that we could sit in and drink tea. Uh. And of course, we wrote during the day and talked about it at night, as was our general plan. We wrote separate from each other and did some fun things, and then we talked about it at night. And my experience is that I could not begin to work on the stuff I had been working on. I brought it along, but I could not work on it. And they knew it, too, because they were my critique partners. But what I did was work about on something entirely outside the box, a science fiction thing that was based on an idea of my son's. Ooh. And I did maybe 10,000 words on it and haven't looked at it since. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I will say this, that... I don't know that it does a lot for your work in progress, actually getting the sucker done, but it sure does a lot for making you think out of the box and get your head someplace else. You may not want to keep it there, but <laughs> it does work to that end. At least it does for me. 
I had kind of a similar experience in some respects. I was with a writing group when I lived down in New Orleans, and it's not very far from the ocean there, so uh, we all got together and rented a condo uh, down on the beach, and the whole purpose of that was to go through someone's novel. They had finished a novel, and so that was what they did. They, you know, we all just went down there and camped out and read through the novel and, and did a you know quick criti critique of the whole thing. And it was great. Yeah. I mean, it was a wonderful thing. And you know, they did that every time someone finished a novel. It was you know just take a take a weekend and go do it. Wow, it was great. Love it. I was. Uh... I don't didn't have the same experience about being unable to write, although overstimulated and easily distracted by too stimulated an environment. Yeah. Oh, I heard I heard about a writing retreat opportunity. I think they called it a writing internship, where I think Amtrak was sponsoring it. Oh yeah. Oh, Amtrak. Yeah. 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 Where yes. you like residency? Yeah. Writing residency. Yeah. Where the idea is on Amtrak, they give you a sleeper car, and the idea is you ride the rails and you can. Uh huh. You can write while you're riding the train. Matt's going, why didn't I hear about this thing? <laughs> that, that sounds wonderful. It hit it a bit of a snag. They own all your roads. Oh, no. Yeah. They it derailed? Well, they derailed. Uh, <laughs> and then they got back snag. on the rails. So. The, uh, the lawyer that so carefully put together this contract wrote a clause in there where they owned everything you made while you were on the train. Oh. So you could write all on the train, but then you couldn't publish the thing that you wrote on the train because it, the contract you signed in order to get your free train passage meant that you sold away all those rights. Wow. And that probably wasn't what they intended for it, but that was how the lawyer, the lawyer wrote it. So everyone saw that clause in the contract and said, never mind, <laughs> and stopped yeah. signing up for it, and the program kind of died after that. As Shakespeare said, kill all the lawyers. <laughs> I was just going to say, uh, I actually put uh, a writing retreat, basically, into all my vacations, so... Every summer I go away for two weeks. Uh, usually this will involve uh, a lake or some sort of outdoorsy place. And every morning I get up early and before the rest of everyone gets up, that's a good hour or two of writing time. So for me, every morning of vacation is uh, a writing retreat. And I can see a lot of people probably out there going, I would rather sleep in. So would I if I could. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I get up and write and it's just, you know, it works. And then... With the exception of uh, of Yellowstone, I did not write in Yellowstone. Shame on you. Two things. One, um, there's a place in which I, which recently I've been to for, I use as a write, what I'm going to be using as a writing treat from here on out, and it is a bed and breakfast out in Herman, Missouri, called Stonehouse. Yes, I'll advertise it real fast. It is a beautiful house. It is off the main area. You have woods nearby it basically surrounding the backyard the breakfast they feed you oh my god you don't need lunch <laughs> and if you're willing to dinner is just a walk away a nice nice another i can't think of the name of that restaurant unfortunately but it's uh, it's by bluffs so i mean you can't have too bad of a image there but just being there and being able to get away out of your hometown out of your home and just into another place as Teresa and I think um, Fedora were saying, it gets you into another mindset. And whether or not you're working on your same work or not, sometimes you got to change your venue in order to change and improve what you're writing. It's a, it's a vacation for writers, point blank. Of course, the jacuzzi doesn't hurt either. But um, <laughs> the other one, so one thing I tend to do is when I go to, a, we've had this conference before, writing conferences. It's sometimes it's hard to do, but I turn that into a writing retreat at night after the conference is closed down for the day. And then, once again, I am on the high of all the topics that I've listened to that day. And I'm in a completely different area. So it's a, my last one was BoucherCon, and I was sitting on the promenade deck writing. How much better can that be looking at the bay? Oh, and when he says on the... Promenade. He was on the promenade of the Queen Mary. Yes, promenade deck of the Queen Mary. Uh, anyway, and one of these days, Brad, you and I have talked about it. We're going to the, that International Writers Conference, which goes all over the world. But we are definitely going to stay in a castle. Yes, and write. There, there are a bunch in the castles, especially up in Ireland, and yes, uh, must get there. Uh, but I was actually going to throw out um, about you know writing conferences. I mean. Uh, David and I, for a couple of years, have done the uh, uh, 
open mics at the uh-huh. end of the Missouri Writers Guild Conference, and that ends at like 11-something. So it's a really late day already, and I am well known for going home and then writing until 2 or 3, getting back up at like 7 and coming back to the conference, because mm. you've just got all that jazzed-up energy inside you. Uh-huh. That's why writers' conferences are good. Exactly. Yeah, I never plan to sleep at a writers' conference no. that much anyway. What about you guys? Anybody else been to having a writing retreat? or What's some of the negative sides of writing retreats? Well, they're expensive sometimes. They That's are. number one. <laughs> I've never been to an officially sanctioned writing retreat. Uh, you know, there are ones that you know mm-hmm. advertise on, online or through groups. Mm-hmm. Um, the mystery writers retreat and they all mm-hmm. go out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've never been to one of those because I can't afford to leave my hometown, really. <laughs> I can't afford the the gas, the hotel, the admission, any of that Buy stuff. dog park. Help her go to a writing retreat. <laughs> Please! Okay. Um, but I take... I have a dream retreat that I've always wanted to do. Mm. Uh, my dream retreat is I want to book a cruise. One of those transition cruises in the off-season mm-hmm. uh, that has no stops, no excursions, no nothing. Just <laughs> endless pina coladas and free food. And I like this idea. I want me or all of you guys if you want to come, if we can all afford to go. I want to get on the boat in LA mm-hmm. and I want to write until we reach Alaska. Ooh, that go. is my goal. Someday to do that. I'm hoping that maybe I'll get like super famous and I can put it online and be like, hey... You know, buy tickets, come with me on this thing, and then we'll have all sorts of, like, fans of my work. The whole ship, and it'll be a great time. It truly is a dream. There is. Until then, I'm more than happy to get, like, a single sleeper cabin in the dead center of the bottom of the ship and uh, spend the whole time up on the Lido deck right there is There are writer cruises, and there's one that I'm thinking of that does go up to Alaska. I'm trying to think where it starts off at, but... Anyway, and it's all um, conferences. It's like a writer's conference meets a cruise. Mm-hmm. That sounds like heaven. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> I was going to say that Lynn Flewelling, she uh, wrote the Nightrunner books, I think. Um, she would have and might still have writing workshops for fans to come and have Lynn Flewelling reading their work and critiquing their stuff with the group on a cruise. So... They all got a group rate because they were all coming to her class and stuff, and it would be an excuse to go on a cruise with an author they loved getting mm-hmm. help writing, which they also loved. So that always sounded wonderful to me. Go ahead, then. I've got, I've got something to tie in after that. Go ahead. Well, this is a little bit different, but okay. it's, it's a writer's workshop, but it's kind of the same thing where you've got instructors who are mm-hmm. there to lead and critique, and you've also got a group like this where you're doing daily critiques and stuff like that. But I had the opportunity a long time ago to go to the, the Clarion Writers Workshop, the fantasy and science fiction workshop. Oh. And one nice thing about that is they do have scholarships. And so, I mean, it's something to think about. You know, you start early, apply mm-hmm. often, you know, apply every year until you get there. Uh, but, I mean, there are things like that available. And it's six weeks long. So you have six weeks of nothing but writing and critiquing. And they have book signings and readings. They have famous authors. We had Octavia Butler, oh, Terry yeah. Bisson, Tim Powers. I mean, the people we had there were just incredible. I mean, and they bring those, that caliber of people to those kinds of workshops is just amazing. I was also going to throw out, if you want to do something a little bit shorter than six weeks, though some of them are, uh, there's some great like two-week programs which can be turned into the perfect riding retreat. Uh, Yale has one. Um, Wash U has one. Um, there's the Iowa Writing Series up in uh, every summer. Um, but, you know, they're, they're out there. You can find them. Uh, but they can... That can be just a wonderful idea for a retreat because, one, you're traveling generally to a place that's not your own unless you live here and then you can go to Wash U. Uh Awesome. Uh, But if not, you're going somewhere else and then you're staying there for two weeks. Uh, Every day is writing. You know, there's instructors, as you said. Mm -hmm. some amazing authors coming to teach you. So that can be a great way to do a writing retreat. That would be. Another writing retreat, which I used to do, and I haven't done this Wow. <laughs> uh, over eight years. Um, as I've mentioned on here before, I take care of an elderly parent while well, I can't killed what I used to do, which is go backpacking. Literally go backpacking, and I always want to have a backpack in about the size, it's always worth the weight to me. I don't care how much, what I get rid of. About the size of a softball is a rolled up hammock. 
So when I get to wherever I go, put the hammock up, sit in there with my little notebook and start writing. There's no technology, no telephones. I can not write in the woods. That's interesting. Huh. Yeah, it's just not something I can really do. Like, I'm more... I want to play with the fire. I want to like, you know, things like that. But, uh, and that. That sense of being like, you know, being around me and stuff like that is more where I'm concerned. Uh, less though, than you know, I find it hard to read books in camp and other things uh, like that too. So my backpack, the Rockies, I had, I had books. I had, I had a couple of Arthur C. Clarke books. In fact, this is when I read 2061. I think it's the number. 64. Six, no. 64. Six, anyway, it's the one with. Europa has this big mountain of diamond. I still remember reading that because I almost fell out of the hammock. <laughs> I was like, oh my god. Okay, anyway. What makes for an ideal writing retreat? What helped you guys when you went on retreats? And I'm going to answer that with one word and then we give it to everybody else. No cell phone. <laughs> That's a good idea. Hmm. I'm going to add up that no internet. I don't know, I always need internet for sometimes for research, but yeah, that is a distraction. Whenever I use it for research, I end up on Twitter or Facebook. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I think it's the people. Mm-hmm. I think it's the caliber of people and the um, interactions that you have that make such a difference. I think that's why groups like this are important. You know, I think it's the same thing. Yeah, well, definitely. just on a more practical note, I was up at Pierre Marquette, which is in Illinois State Park. Mm-hmm. Funny thing Good is, park. they have local Wi-Fi. So you had Wi-Fi, but no cell phone coverage. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody else? Uh, how do you do it without like an outlet to plug your laptop into? Well, uh, there's paper a single pen. paper and pen. Oh I, can't, I can't do that. It's no, too slow. Uh, that's where you get the solar panel. You set it out. You get the you know, power drawn in. <laughs> they make that in backpacking. <laughs> they do now. That's actually scary. There's actually a lot of riding repeats out of the woods, and the cabins actually do have electricity. Wow. So you're not actually camping. You're just... I definitely no, couldn't well, write while I was roughing it. That is not my character yeah, at all. Yeah, see, that's... Not me. That's have my white animal do that. So, what would you do to organize your own writing retreat? And with other people, or just yourself? Number one, well, is this a dream time. retreat? <laughs> I was going to say, is this a dream retreat, or is this reality? Because this is a dream retreat. retreat. It's this like, is for people who don't you know, have a whole lot of money to private go Private play into the castle. <laughs> no, the castle is is one of my dreams too. Exactly, but, private plane, castle, hang out in the castle, and one of those ruined ones. I don't want to worry about okay. nice. From budget, it depends. First off, decide how. Oh, pick a date, pick a length, and figure out how many people are going because that will determine your budget. If you're going to get like eight to ten people going. Then all of a sudden, renting a house for a vacation house for yes. a weekend, all of a sudden becomes the most affordable option. Hmm. Well, even a cruise is not that bad because no. there you've got your lodging, you've got your food and everything else, and a transatlantic cruise is really cheap. Mm-hmm. Well, that there, might be true, but you know. Cheap, but you got to get back. Yeah. <laughs> We're in Missouri, which is a thousand miles yeah, from the ocean. True. That's yeah. a problem. So, it's one day away from New Orleans, though. Make <laughs> <laughs> a friend with someone with a lot of frequent flyer miles. That's true. Yes. That's true. And then babysit for them a lot, and then you'll have it. That's another time, uh, especially on a limited budget, figure out what the off-season is. Oh, and plan way in advance also. Mm-hmm. So figure out when the bed and breakfast or whatever don't have vacancies routinely and say, hey, can we rent out your entire bed and breakfast for a week in your, or for a weekend in your off-season? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you do that six months in advance, it's like, oh, sure. <laughs> you know? yeah, we weren't going to sell those rooms anyway. So. Yeah. Well, I think the point is pick something far enough away that it's going to get you out of your space. Yeah. And the reason I say that is it could be a hotel here in town yeah. where you're going to go mm-hmm. retreat for the weekend. You know, that it, it's just getting out of your little universe. And get yourself out of that little universe, and that's a retreat. Anything out of that little universe is a retreat. You can go spend the day, you know, for us at the Botanical Gardens. I have done this, and I love doing it. You go sit in the Botanical Gardens all day, and you write. Mm-hmm. Until finding, the batteries... Yeah, finding a comfortable chair there. Is I don't look for a chair. I look for the lawn. I'm sitting yeah. on the big grassy area amongst the roses and stuff, or amongst mm-hmm. the oaks, actually. I really like to do because then you have all the shade. And you just sit there and you write all day. I've got my laptop on my lap, and when my battery power is finally done, I know it's time to go home. The zoo is also a good place for that. Yeah, that's um, speaking of someone who just admitted that they had no budget. Um, all of my writing retreats, quote unquote, are really just an excuse for me to not bring work with me wherever I go. Exactly. And I 
you can find places in your town that you've never been to. And I've gone off, if I'm having, it's like, I need to do some writing time. I just go for a walk in the woods in some park I've never been to. Don't even write anything. Bring a notebook just in case, but mostly <laughs> just let your brain live in your story for a while. And it's an hour and a half long retreat. And it does a lot of good. And it didn't cost me anything, except okay. for gas. <laughs> oh, and if you use you know, Metrolink and all, or uh, Amtrak or whatever, you can even save on that. <laughs> That's why I like Botanical Gardens. It's the same kind of feature. I get you know hours of writing time. I'm sitting amongst nature. Even if you want, you can have some of the fun ones. Go to the little like pagodas that are hidden back in the gardens and stuff. That's where you want to hide. You know, hang there for a while. So the Japanese I, garden is pretty. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I like the English woodland gardens, which backs up to the you know mm-hmm. to the uh, Japanese gardens. Great place to write. Mm-hmm. They have that weird wooden table that's fun. So and let me go to it's like productivity. Tree stumps or something. I don't know. Let's go to productivity <laughs> of a writing retreat or writing. And Fedora was talking about how she started a science fiction short story, or oh no, it novel. was going to be long. No, <laughs> it was going to be long. Short science fiction long novel. Yes. Um, who can think of probably the most famous book? Oh, this is out of my top of my head anyway. That came out of a writing retreat. Wasn't it in Frankenstein? Thank you, <laughs> Mary Shelley. Yeah. Frankenstein. Okay, but that, that's is that a retreat or is that like a that, bunch of writers hanging around? It was a around? dare. Yeah, it was a dare. Okay. But I thought they were on a retreat by themselves. Kind of. I mean, they were hanging out in the house in the country, you know. But yeah. they were doing that for well, okay, so different what, reasons. What else is a retreat? <laughs> well, sometimes it's a hookup retreat. Bangers, regrets, eating croissants, whatever they do. Where would we? Where would you find retreats that have already been? planned. Well, there's a famous one that's in Hawaii. Ooh. But of course, that's pretty expensive. <laughs> but like, if you're looking for, for treats, well, how, how do you even find them? I'm going to take that question and combine it back, because I don't think All we right. actually really ever answered your other question, which is, how do you plan one? Yes. So, um, remind me, Brad, does, um, oh, what's the name of that? Shaw Guides. Shaw Guides, thank you. Yeah, Shaw Guides does retreats too. So it's a great place to start. Shawguides.com, I believe. Shawguides. Yeah, I think it's dot com. Uh, Shaw Guides, just Shawguides.something. Also yeah. has great writing information on writing conferences and so forth. Yes, but they also do retreats, which is how David and I know about the kick butt one that's in Ireland at the Irish yes. Castle. Um, yeah. So, um, but yeah, they have tons, and in fact, they've got the ones that are on the Mediterranean that you're sitting in, the, like Villa in Rome or and, yeah, in Italy. Uh, yeah. They're a ton if you've got the money, but nobody does. Yeah. So there are a ton of other ones too. <laughs> so if you're James Patterson, um, you can afford this. If you're us, you can't. So. But to be honest, it's a vacation, so plan it like a vacation. If okay. you've got enough people to do to rent a house, that can be a great way to find a great location where you don't have like, you know, the screaming vacation kids down the hall, or you know, people running back and forth holding parties till the latest hours, or whatever hotel nightmare story you want to in, you know insert here. I'm going to plug into you real briefly. One thing, if you go to a hotel, if not bed and breakfast or anything like that, but you go to a hotel as a retreat, of course you don't know what room you're going to get beforehand. Ask the front desk when you get there to get you as far away from the pool as possible. Yeah. <laughs> you can offer rent timeshares, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that would be yeah. a good way to go because a lot of people would like to get shut of their timeshares, mm-hmm. especially at times of the year, which are not totally opportune exactly. for whatever they're interested in. There's a, there are several great websites, and I'm not going to throw them out because I will totally butcher them, but they are literally about taking people who have space in their home or a second home or something like that and renting out that space for a day, a week, a month, One a of weekend. them is called, I think, Airbnb or something like that. Or... Well, that's for more of the bed and breakfast oh, okay. kind of stuff, but there's, I cannot think, it's like Home Away or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's a whole thing where people have you know vacation houses or stuff like that, and they rent them out. It's a wonderful, wonderful way of having a vacation. There's uh, international options for that, too. A pair of friends of mine, they decided that they were going to take a year off of work and take a tour around the world, and that was where they stayed. Everywhere they went, they found someone who was renting a spare room in their house and stayed in their house and got to see the whole world that way. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Oh, speaking of which, if you don't have your passport, get one. (laughs) If you get it before you need it, it'll just come through, you know, know, take a month total. If you wait till you need it, you're going to be stressed every day to see if your passport will arrive before your departure date. <laughs> One thing's about 
I'm going to toss out, yay, St. Louis, even though right now we've got a big black eye on our face right now. But I'm going to, I'm going to tout our, our, state, our city for a little bit. Brad talked about Missouri Botanical Gardens, which, okay, sidebar, I'm going off topic for a second. If you live in England and you're listening to us, I'm sorry, while the <laughs> Queen's Garden is absolutely beautiful, Kew Garden, we beat you. And I've been to both, <laughs> especially our Japanese garden. So come to St. Louis, check it out, and you'll see why I say this. We do love you, though. Trust me. Did okay. you just throw down with an entire country? <laughs> I think he yeah. started the Revolutionary War again. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But to be fair, Thank you, Britain okay, is down. smaller than a lot of states in the United States. Yeah, but anyway. Um, Did the U.S. just throw down? <laughs> <laughs> but where I was going with this is... You the queen with a glove. St. Louis has a lot. It's the city itself, not just the county, but the city itself has lots of great places you can go to. But outside of St. Louis City and outside of St. Louis County, for you outside of St. Louis, the city is its own county and the county is itself. The sprawl. It, it's a long politic, political discussion I'm not going to get into. But everyone calls it St. Louis. So yes. <laughs> On the other side of the Missouri River, we have, we have wine country. Mm-hmm. And yes, Missouri wines, in my opinion, are really great. And it, these, the wine country is home of a lot of bed and breakfasts, but you don't have to go to a bed and breakfast. You can go to various wineries. You can sip some wine if you want to. But they have beautiful views. You can just sit there and write. And usually it's free to get in. It's just the tours are what's ex- or what cost you. So, and the wine. And the wine. <laughs> and the wine. Well, yeah. Well, the most tours people are, have free tastings as if you want to take home the wine. Or, yeah. You know, or take a bottle and put and pop it up outside with and have your own private, private uh, lunch. Yeah. Um, we talked about group retreats. What about individual retreats? Anybody besides me ever go on an individual retreat? Well, I, I just totally, you know, yeah. throw up going to the Botanical Gardens. I, yeah. I don't yeah. do that with other people. I almost prefer those. Except when we do with Sailor's Writer's Guild. Mm-hmm. I'm very social. Mm-hmm. And while I do enjoy writing in groups, especially you get your big headphones, shut the whole world off. But it's relaxing to me to go sit by myself for some hours and write. Whether it's in Forest Park. Um, I finished my first novel on a quote-unquote retreat. I decided that the whole month of whatever month it was, I wasn't going to do anything because I just quit my job. I'm like, I'm going to finish a stupid novel. It had been sitting unfinished for like a year. So I, I would go to a wired coffee every day from about noon to five. And I would sit there and I would have their low-fat chocolate shake, the largest size you could possibly get. That and a diet cola, and by the time I was done at five, both of those things were gone. I was hungry. <laughs> right now, I'm wishing but you were here was... last week to talk about guilty pleasures. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that was uh, that's how I finished Thirdcaster. Was I sat there? Kathleen was there the day I finished it. We actually uh, we were chilling out and wired, and then wired closed, and we moved to Breadco. Pan- <laughs> Panera moved to Panera Bread. <laughs> And that's where I finished my first draft. St. Louis so. is just a little better about the Panera thing. It's it's Saint, a St. Louis thing. St. Louis Bread Company. We're where it started. Woo! You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> this is not my story. This is Eileen Dreyer's story, who yeah. wrote lots of romances and mysteries. Yep. And she says that she plays around and plays around until deadlines are looming. And then she goes to a motel and just cranks out the entire book. What she says oh is, <laughs> there is no greater inspiration for finishing a book yep. than a go home? picture of a Grand Canyon <laughs> and a room with no windows. <laughs> <laughs> well, I uh, was thinking, I'm, I'm writing the first draft of a novel that's set in St. Louis. Well, more or less set in St. Louis. And I was just thinking, for draft two, or maybe draft three, there are all these local... Uh, I have real settings for a lot of the scenes, so mm-hmm. I was thinking, hmm, I should go rewrite that scene while I'm there. That'd be <laughs> nice. fun. Yeah, yeah. Be that sounds like a good time to me. A book tour, literally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a uh, I tend to do things slowly. I leave a place slowly. I get there slowly. I run fast, but that is it, and I will slowly work up to that speed. So something that I love to do is write in waiting rooms. 
after whatever I had to do there was done. I love writing in the hospital waiting room. I get allergy shots and I'll just sit there and write or sit in the hallway on a bench and two hours will go by and I will have pages and I will have talked to the janitors by then. It's pretty cool. <laughs> but going someplace where there is nothing to distract you is really good for me. So I'll just sit in my own little universe on a bench. So in the you'd love to get jury duty so you could write, huh? Might be entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> there, I, I don't think I've ever shared this with a whole group. But I'm going to share this with the entire world when I say this. Publishers Weekly has a cartoon. At least it did as of last, last time I looked at it. I stopped reading and sorry recently. But there's a cartoon called Tales from the Slush Pile. It starts off as a, as a children's author trying to get published and goes through his stories and so forth. But there's one where he is sitting in an airport. He's really mad. He's got to spend all this wasted time in the airport. And finally he plugs in his laptop or whatever, starts writing. And he's like, oh, it's time for the plane. Wow, I just did all these pages in time. I should do this more often. Exactly the same thing as you're talking about. Airports, and tra- airports airplanes, train rides. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Mm-hmm. I spent a lot of time in airports. Mm-hmm. Get a lot done. Mm-hmm. Would people consider renting office space to have a writing office a, a form of retreat? Or is... Or a form of that's a form of work. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds terrible to me. No, like oh, renting an office great. space because then some people do that, there. but I'm not sure if that's that classifies as a retreat or not. Some people definitely do it. It's yeah. a retreat from life. Yeah, it's just a very it's a place to go every day. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. like you know. But does that count as a retreat, or is that making writing a job? Depends on what your home life's like. If your home life's all chaotic <laughs> and stuff, <laughs> that office well, yeah, is, yeah, I, is I, absolutely perfect. It's not a special occasion, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I heard about a study that found a lot of people found work less stressful than their home life. <laughs> well, there's, there was um, a yeah, friend of mine on Facebook who I'm not going to oh. throw at throw out there who was advertising a space in California, so it's too far away for me to use. I forget it was expensive as far as I'm, as far as comparing. I'm sorry, people in California, which you pay for a two bedroom house, we can buy a four bedroom house here for. So to me, this one retreat area was expensive, but it had a beautiful view. Outside into the woods and beyond that into the bay. I don't know. Actually, if you're going to get an office, do it right. Go to the Flatiron Building in New York or something. Yeah. <laughs> That's where like a lot of publishers are and agents. I go somewhere that you can run into your future agent at Starbucks before you start working. Why not and just buy hang your, out buy there? Yeah, but that's why, if, if you can afford an office in the Flatiron Building, then you're already like way up there, and they're going to be coming and knocking on your door, going, "What are you working on next?" Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. Unless you have a trust fund. <laughs> Or well, you can play around and pretend. Well, if we got trust funds, then I'm on a yacht in, like, Tahiti <laughs> or something. Oh, man. <laughs> I've heard some similar... Forget a cruise ship. Uh, I'm taking a yacht. <laughs> I've heard some similar uh, notes in the writing retreats you guys have taken. Um, some form of outdoors. Some form of disconnection mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. the world at large. Some form of... Being away physically, not just, you know, your phone or your computer. Some form of being isolated and seeing new things. Yeah. I've always been fascinated by the writer's need to go to water. That is true for They me. go for mm-hmm. the beach, they go to lakes, they <laughs> go to rivers. We seem to seek out water, and I've always found that fascinating. We go to watering holes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you do have to stay Different right kind there. of water. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I would say that... Outside and water, as part of outside, aren't necessary, but they very often feature into retreats. Well, they, I think it's because they, A, they're relaxing, and B, they're stimulating at the same time. Now, I know that sounds like a contradiction, but... Or perhaps Neptune is the god of writing. <laughs> no, that's Athena. I'm sorry. She's the goddess of the arts. Um, but what I was going to say is... If you think you're, think about it, even when you're sitting on a beach and you're just, you're not writing yet, you're just looking at the ocean, what are you paying attention to? The waves, the ocean. What's in constant movement? Your brain. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So that endless wave coming in is that endless need to keep pushing towards forward. Possible. Or just the water. endless water running by in the river. Or it hypnotizes you enough to say, okay, ooh, I like this idea. What's going on in my head? Yeah. So allowing your subconscious to get to work? Mm-hmm. Maybe. Or maybe turning off your inner critic. 
Well, I think we're missing one element of all of that, which is beauty. Yes. Yes. Writers are inspired by beauty. Amen. I would agree. Absolutely. All the senses. We need them all, don't we? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm going to tie this back to the other topic, which is write-ins. Part of that, not the beauty part, unfortunately, not necessarily. That, that, none of you, <laughs> what are you sitting saying? around the table? It's okay, or beautiful. y'all are all beautiful. Yes, you're all beautiful. Beautiful. It's not how I meant it, but what I'm saying is the disconnect away from your normal place, the getting out and getting away from everything aspect of it. That's what the write-ins do. It allows us to disconnect from our home, which is, I'm like Kathleen, I get things put upon my time while I'm at home, so it makes writing at home hard to do. So I absolutely love the write-ins. Write-ins, then, are sounding like a form of mini-retreat. Mm-hmm. They, they have similar accurate? goals, anyway. Similar goals and similar properties, Yeah, how they work. Mm-hmm. What makes a good write-in? Because we've talked about retreats now. What makes a good write-in? For me, you have to have a source of your guilty pleasure that you need as you write. Which, by the way, go back to our previous episode, Guilty Pleasure. Can I say, plug for other podcasts? I yeah. see. Yes. Yeah, but, but in all honesty, in my case, caffeine, coffee. Coffee helps. or alcohol. Yeah, alcohol. <laughs> yeah, if you go to a coffee house that serves alcohol, even better. Well, well, we do. I know we do. But no one ever asks, offers alcohol. No one ever orders alcohol. I have a beer one. Hello. Hello. <laughs> I have wine. Occasionally. Hands were raised. You gotta, yeah, yeah, during the summertime mostly, yeah. during the concert series. You gotta get both at the same time. You mix your uppers and your downers <laughs> and your goals. You sound like an expert on this topic. No. I got streamers, lappers, so. Yeah. See me after the show. <laughs> um, I think you need congenial companions such yes. as this group we have here. Yeah. And it can't be. Speaking of stimulation, okay, it can't be too stimulating. For instance, I don't think a write-in would work at, like, a nightclub. A bar might be a good place for one, but uh, places for, like, two pounding music or whatever, some people might like that for writing, but I don't. Some people yeah. like noise. Could I write I like an EDM noise. club? That'd be an interesting thought. <laughs> BDM club? Yeah, could I write an EDM club? That'd be oh, interesting. EDM. Oh, not BDM. What is EDM? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, why I, I, I like, don't I would absolutely write in BDSM. Would you be taking No, what did you mean? I was writing something completely unrelated. Just I'm writing my own private electronic music club because I have my headphones on and I can't really loud. So yeah, I would write really well at an electronic music club. If the light was high enough that I could see what I was doing. Yeah, the lighting is important. The lighting's important? Yeah, okay, so for instance, if some clubs type places have like little strobe lights or disco lights, that type of thing. I don't know about you guys, but I mean, I'd be getting headaches and almost, I'd be. I'd no, be I'd be crazy. fine. In fact, I love writing in dark rooms. Mm-hmm. Where they, I can't see the rest of the room. The only thing I really look, can see is the light coming off my screen. Okay, dark room would be okay. I'm just talking about the Yeah, the yeah strobe lights, the, the whole, change. you know, that wouldn't be a problem. I wanted to share my absolute favorite writing place because now is the season. My favorite writing place in the whole world is in my living room at midnight with all the lights off, the fire on, and the Christmas tree on. It's like hot chocolate is perfect. Uh I look forward to that every year. When I could sit on the floor, I would do that too. (laughs) (laughs) Ski, Ski retreats are also fun there. Fun with that idea. After you're done skiing for a day, just go into the club, kick back by this club. If you can get close to the fire, yay. And right <laughs> See, away. I would think skiing retreats, like, you know, that winter retreat, going mm-hmm. to that cabin that's snowed in, mm-hmm. would be like a great, I oh, personally yeah. would find that a great writing time, but you don't hear about mm-hmm. people doing that. They're always like going to a beach or yeah. going to a lake or something. It takes all types. Yeah. yeah. I went to um, someone's cabin, cabin, quote unquote, it was really nice, mm-hmm. in, in Vail. And um, my sister and her friends were all skiing, and I wanted to just stay there and look out the window and write. I wish I had, could not have, but it was gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And such a different atmosphere, too, because in St. Louis, we don't have mountains. Dales all we have hills. We don't have mountains. We have hills. They're mountains. They're bluffing at being mountains. The bluffs are mountains <laughs> that decide to stop being a mountain and start being a river really fast. <laughs> <laughs> You give me joy. <laughs> uh, 
I was just going to say, another thing you might want to think about when you're picking your retreat spot is a lack of other things to do. Yes. Um, one of the things I find, you know, every year I go on vacation, uh, sometimes we're in a lake, sometimes we're more in a city or closer to a city, and often I will be running around all over the place. Like in Yellowstone, uh-huh. I did not actually write anything in my books or anything like that because every morning I was out hiking, every, you know, and I hiked all day and I hiked all over the place, and then, you know, we were coming back at night and doing other things like that, so I never had time to write. You know, it... it so it's it's hard, you know. I would almost say try and find a place that doesn't have all the amusement parts, all the all the. Of course, museums. other people would find Yellowstone a great place for a writing retreat. Well, yeah. yeah. If that's you're going to spend like, all your time in your cabin, sure. But I was out hiking all the time. That's why I like the bed and breakfast that I found recently. So we were in Harmon, which, by the way, that was. This has not ever been published. Yeah, actually, I take it back. One a short story from the novel itself has been published. Um, if you remember the story of the vampire. That I was doing for a while. And on the tape, I know some of you won't, but I'm looking at some of the group here who, who did it. Um, that was set in a place like Herman, Missouri. It was based on it. So I've been to Herman so many times, I can give the tour to, to the winery and know, know almost word for word everything. So the bed and breakfast set in Herman's absolutely perfect. I have no place else to go. I can just sit there and write. For those of us that haven't been on writing retreats officially, um, what are your dream retreats? Jen, you oh. said the, the cruise yeah, ship. Yeah, I already gave mine. Oh, everybody I have has. two. Um, Brad's already mentioned one, which is a castle in Ireland or Scotland or whatever. Um, the other one, and I would absolutely love it if everybody could go, and that is rent, not so much a motorized yacht, but rent a sailboat and sail in the ocean off the keys of Florida, I can think of. I know a perfect place. And just sit there and write on that boat. Of course, when you're not writing, you can send to him, But It might be hard to write when I'm scared of being lost at sea, though. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> Don't worry. I was going to say, can we get a crew? Otherwise, we're going to spend a little time sailing. No, no. no. Yeah. We, we, when we rent the boat, you rent somebody to run the boat. Okay. So. Yeah, yeah. Then, then I might have time to write. Otherwise, yeah. I'm going to be sailing the whole time. No, I would, I would worry myself into, like... A panic. So you need a big enough like, boat. Where's the, which direction is the wind coming from? What do we do when it's doing that? I don't understand what this rope means. <laughs> what does it mean? See, this is why you make sure you have a satellite phone, and there's this magic button bo- boats have that if you you know activate it, the Coast Guard will come and rescue you. It's the Jen's having a panic attack button. I thought you I'm in like, over my head, hit the button. The big I can red see button it now that we're sailing. Jen goes, what's that press? island over there? Uh, Cuba. Let's turn around real fast. <laughs> I was so busy writing, I didn't realize I drifted into anime water. Yes. <laughs> okay, anybody else? It's a plot for its own story. Well, I guess it's kind of an unusual one. Uh, I'd want to go to, like, get, like, a room pretty high up in a city somewhere. Okay. And it looks like a porch, ideally. Or, like, a patio, I guess. Oh, that sounds uh-huh. fun. You want a penthouse apartment? Kind of, yeah. Hey, they are good to write in. Just for a little bit. And then, uh... Spend the days writing, and then when it's nighttime, go out into the city, you know, because everybody's working during the day, and then you go out at night, and you mingle with the people and sort of rejoin reality. But then, you know, during the days, you got your writing time. So that seems like that's the perfect mix to me. Get back with human beings, see what they're like, and then go back (laughs) into my little world. One of my favorite things, one of my wife and I's favorite things we do when we travel is at least one night, we will generally pick the top suite of a hotel. You know, just go ahead, kick in the extra money, it's generally not too much more, uh, and then just go for the luxury. Last time we did this, we got the, like, big, massive suite in Indianapolis, and it is the best, because not only, you know, do you have all this space, there's couches, there's tables to sit at, there's, all, you know, tons of space. Somebody can be upstairs, and somebody can be downstairs writing, and, you know, you're not bothering anything. But like you said, you go out, we had a magnificent dinner, we walked to the place, uh, you know, we had drinks down in the hotel lobby, and then we went out to dinner, and we came back, and, you know, it's a great, great time. So I highly recommend that, and even kick it up, spend the extra money to get yourself, like, a suite that has, you know, room. It's a nice thing to do. Most certainly, versus regular hotel room. Yes, I will say something. <laughs> when I travel, please, please. I devote myself to it entirely. 
I am a tourist of the highest yes. order. <laughs> I take pictures. I keep a trip diary. I live that entire trip. And maybe someday some of those ideas will come back to me later. But my idea of a retreat is to stumble out of bed, stumble into my office, and turn the computer on. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. What would you advise people do to start just write-ins? You started one. How did you start? <laughs> uh, yeah, you tell us. I think it starts with emailing a bunch of people or putting it on a social media. Or texting. Just, mm-hmm. I want to write. Y'all like writing or say you want to write. And um, I did this in Colorado, too, with people who had mentioned wanting to write but never getting around to it. I think it's good to encourage people to do those things, and a group setting is a good idea for that. So just sending out texts and sending out emails or calling and doing that every time so that people know that they're always welcome, whether or not they come. Even if nobody comes, write. You set aside that time. Mm-hmm. And Make they sure might come next time. Right people. Yes. I'm just saying, going off of that, how do you find a write-in? I mean, for me, I went from moving across the country not knowing anyone to having these nine people in my living room right now. (laughs) (laughs) For me, I found them through Twitter. Um, So social media is a great way to meet up with other writers and find out what's going on. If you're in college, it's kind of much easier because they usually have, you know, let's say you can see who, who the creative writing majors are and, you know, who's taking those classes, you know. So, what's your advice then, I guess, closing advice for people who haven't done write-ins or writing retreats or maybe have done a little bit but are not sure they want to do more? What do you say to people who want to go on a writing retreat but are not really sure it's worth it? Or to write-ins? I'd say start with the write-in because it's less of a commitment than a writing retreat, or at least it could be, unless you want to do it by yourself. And find some writers. Join writers groups. Mm -hmm. I think if you're going on a writer's retreat, you need to have, like, a goal. You need to be like, I want to finish this book, or I want to finish this collection. Or I want to write 2,000 words. Well, I find it important to have goals. I I fully believe in that, because even in a write-in, I come with a goal. It's finish that chapter, edit this chapter, do something, and often when I'm done, I'll go. You know, because I've got other stuff to do that night or something like that, but... It's that knowing knowing you have to do something because otherwise you'll sit there and talk to everyone and jump on you know Facebook or do anything like that. But if you have something you know you're there to do, it's a good thing to have. Mm-hmm. Motivation. Yeah, I remember one time we were at, at our write-in at Caldy's and the internet was down yeah. and we were all up and someone came up to us and asked about you know getting on the internet because he all thought that we were on the internet because we were all doing stuff and most <laughs> of the people were on computers even though there was no internet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're baffling to the modern man. Yeah. <laughs> I would say, let's, let's, let's do write-in first. First, find a place in the town that you live in, city that you live in, that you can get to and will have what you need to have as a write-in. What do I mean? I can handle coffee shops. They're, expensive. they're, they're noisy. They're not expensive. And I can tune out the noise. I've got everything I need right there. Coffee, food, I'm good. Electrical outlets. Electrical outlets. Or even, I, even if I'm writing on battery, I write until the battery gets to 10%. And then, okay, time to shut down. Mm-hmm. <sighs> um, two, find people you can write with. Now, that sounds hard, sounds easy. It's not as easy. Because you've got to be able to click with these people. You know, Meredith, when she came to our first one, she was like, I, 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 and but you can see in our face, like I hope I get along with everybody. <laughs> we're we're open armed. Um, I think when I told you I like Star Wars, you guys. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we had decided that. But find people you can write with. There's um, sometimes writings get too talky, or you get people who are not committed to their writing that come to a writing, and it's like, okay, well, why are you here? We're here to write. That's our whole sole purpose. Not saying we can't talk a little bit, but we're here to write. No, I have seen people come here and actually to the write-in, and they read the whole time. That's yeah, fine, too. That's not, fine. They're not disrupting anyone else. Right. But that's the trick, is looking out for distractions. Um, we started off, we talked about now how we have it in a coffee house. We started off in a bar. Bar and grill, but bar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was after you had left and where coffee had gone bye-bye. 
<laughs> okay. Good times. Yes. Writing <laughs> retreats. Um, I plan it like I do my vacation. I think that's what Fedora was saying earlier. If I've got the right person who said it. Plan like your vacation. Research. Know what your budget is. And spend some time on the internet. Find a place that you can go to that's not going to break your budget, and, but yet gives you all the time away that you need to be able to su- try to succeed at your goal. Um, I would also like to say that if writing is important to you, you owe yourself the time to spend writing. And it might be hard to fit in sometimes, but if you set aside a little bit now and then for your own write-ins or for writing with groups or for a writing vacation or writing staycation, just dedicate some time to writing, and I think you'll find it's worth it. And with that, thank you for listening to The Write Pack, and tune in next week for yet another interesting topic in the writing industry. The Write Pack would like to thank STL Books for allowing us to record in their bookstore. STL Books and Gifts is St. Louis's newest independent bookstore with an emphasis on fine literature for adults and children and the most comprehensive selection of St. Louis books available anywhere. Visit them online at stlbooks.com or in person at 100 West Jefferson Avenue, Kirkwood, Missouri, 63122. Tune in next week as a right pack will conquer yet another pondering issue in the writing industry. Theme songs for Right Pack Radio were written and performed by Meredith Tate. All copyrights remain with her.